0: motorsport 411 presents all the four and two wheeled action motorsport 411 with sean Cartavillas.
1: welcome to motorsport 411 your home for all your four and two wheel action in africa coming up in this episode we find out all about tarmac racing in kenya as we speak to delta motorsport club chairman umang sony and we get the latest motorsport news from south africa as we speak to journalist colin hasty of race day tv all the four and two-wheeled action motorsport 411 welcome to the episode so the second round of the tarmac championship was held in naivasha recently I got to speak to the club chairman of Delta Motorsport, Umang Soni, and asked him how the event went.
0: Yeah, we had a great event in Devasha. It uh, was very exciting. Uh, we we had a few um, newer drivers and new actors who came and uh, showed us interest. So we got some good uh, new permanent drivers and they were really excited to see what we were doing uh, as they had seen it for the first time. And uh, the event on its own went well, despite the few issues with weather in the morning. But I think the event ran really well. All right. Uh, how was the competition on the track? The competition was good. You know, it's a, it's a slightly loose surface compared to normal uh, tarmac tracks that we go to, uh, which is the go-kart tracks. So a little bit slippery and the dynamics are a little bit different. So it made it more uh, competitive for even people who are coming with, uh, you know, more uh, OEM uh, stock sort of cars. So it made it a very good challenge for all
1: when you're talking about the surface on the track uh, j- just tell us about it i've been to uh, the service park and it is tarmac uh, j- just explain what what the problem was exactly
0: um so yes it is tarmac but we do get a few loose chippings on the on the on the surface um uh, and and you know as we keep driving on the surface you see some little bit of degradation So you find uh, that we get loose chippings and you end up uh, starting to lose a bit of uh, traction. But I think more was in the beginning when uh, it had rain and we had a few water puddles in some of the sections. That is the reason why it was getting worse.
1: Okay, uh, you are involved with Delta Motorsports. So just tell us exactly what you do with them.
0: Uh, Okay, so I'm the chairman at uh, Delta Motorsports Club. And uh, we formed Delta in 20. uh, it was, I think, end 2018, and the main idea was to, you know, continue to grow Tarmac Motorsports with, the, with the assistance of uh, KMSF and FIA, follow guidelines and try to make the sport as safe as possible and reachable to, to all in Kenya. So that was the main reason why we formed uh, Delta Motorsports.
1: Now I know it's been a tough time uh, of late uh, with COVID and the economy. Uh, just, just tell us exactly why entries have been lower than usual.
0: Um, so, like you rightly mentioned, you know, with COVID, a lot of people are worried still to go out in uh, large gatherings. Um, also, the economic situation of the country and, uh, you know, the spending power of uh, spending power generally is a little bit of an issue. So we are seeing slightly lower numbers because, you know, it's not only paying the entrance fee, it's to make sure that the car is ready to race as well and the maintenance that goes with it. But also, we also have a few costs that come, um, you know, uh, with with uh, going on to a national championship. So due to some of these reasons, it has been a little bit difficult for some of the drivers to accept, um, especially when we have still a few events that are going on where, where these sort of costs are not involved.
1: Now, one of the uh, good things about uh, what you're doing, you're involved with the
0: KMSF. Uh, just tell us how that partnership is going. Yeah, I think the partnership is going great. Um um, I know that we are facing uh, low numbers with uh, with the participants and all, but I think it's the right way to take um, any any sort of uh, sport. Any sort of sport has to be associated with the federation, and uh, we're getting good support from them and FIA. Uh, we recently got a new timing system, uh, which is pretty uh, new, and you know it uh, it uh, really makes things much more uh, possible in terms of organizing this head-to-head races and and few other modes that it has. And together with that, they're also assisting, they they have mentioned that they're assisting us in trying to get more sponsors and all this sort of stuff, right? So I think think at the end of the day, it will help grow the motorsport. Every time you bring new change, um, KMSF is a bit of a change to the Tarmac uh, motorsport discipline. So you will find a few ups and downs and a few uh, glitches and uh, here and there, but I think it will grow for sure. Now,
1: you've got some impressive cars that uh, compete in the event. Uh, can you tell us about uh, some of the entries uh, in the event?
0: Uh, yeah, we do have uh, some very good uh, high-performance vehicles. Uh, we, we had hosted a drag event in 2019, and we had some really powerful vehicles, and, uh, who, and, and with some very good drivers as well, together with uh, some of the cars that take part on the circuits on the time trials and the Livasha head-to-head. So we have got some really really good drivers and some really really uh, good performing vehicles and it is getting very challenging and competitive uh, as as we keep going on. You know, some of the people are gaining track uh, interest in Tarmac Motorsports and we are seeing that new entries that are coming in uh, who have a lot of uh, capability. You know, in terms of posting really good times and uh, giving challenges to the people who are who have been up there. <coughs>
1: Yeah, if I'm not wrong, I think you've got a Toyota Corolla 90. Uh, that looks quite impressive. Uh, you've got Golfs, uh, Subarus. Uh, it's quite impressive, uh, the turnout of cars uh, at these events.
0: Yes, uh, like I mentioned, we are getting a diverse crowd. And and we have tried to keep the regulation together with KMSF as easy as possible to to allow for people to bring in their you know regular streetcars and uh, be able to race. Because, you know, we're still at a grassroots level. And everybody understands we can't put stringent requirements. But at the same time, make sure it is safe enough for people to compete. So we are restricting uh, in terms of the speeds that these cars would go to and all. But that is attracting a lot of uh, a very diverse sort of uh, entry list with uh, guys coming up with different cars. We also have Audis, you know, the luxury vehicles. We have, like you mentioned, the Toyota 90 that came and took part. Um, we have some two wheel Suzuki Swifts and all that. So, so yeah, it's it's turning out to be good.
1: Fantastic. And uh, in terms of sponsorship, uh, how's it going? I understand that you're personally involved with the sponsorship as well.
0: Yeah, we've been, I mean, it's something that uh, we wanted to do um, from uh, from back in the day. Uh, You know, my brother and one of our close friends had an accident. And from there on, uh, we had a bit of a break in motorsports. So I've been trying to uh, do this with my partner, Joe. Uh, uh, trying to you know uh, pay tribute to them and in their honor we want to try and grow the motorsports we had a vision back in the day to to grow this to another level so we're still continuing way uh, to find ways in which we can make Tarmac motorsports grow in the country and hopefully we can get to mainstream like the rallies and the autocrosses and all good stuff Uh, Umanga.
1: where and when
0: is the next event so the next event uh, would be at uh, either Whistling Morans or Nivasha. We have two events remaining for, the, for this year. And we're just trying to figure out which event will come first. And uh, it should be sometime in October. Umang, uh, just tell us about the Red Bull sponsorship. Yeah, we got this. Uh, Red Bull wanted to sponsor something uh, for our events. And they're looking to do uh, a, a show and an event with us which more details will be posted shortly. Um, I'm still trying to figure out the dates with them. Once those have been finalized, uh, uh, we shall uh, definitely inform the market about it. Why do you love motorsports so much? Uh, It's a bit of a difficult question to answer, but uh, we've always, uh, you know, been intrigued by cars. We've always been car enthusiasts. And uh, I guess it's the only way, you know, when you want to push your car to the limits you do it on a track and you know it keeps you off you know trying funny things on the road so i think motorsports we it's, it's just been in our blood from 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 long back we uh, we came into the country in the 80s so we've not been around for a very long time so we've not been in the motorsport scene uh but it's it's been something that we've always wanted to do which is why we have this passion to grow the sport. Even though we are very busy, it's been very difficult to put our time to grow the sport, but we are trying our level best.
1: Just finally, uh, where can we find out uh, more about Tarmac Racing in Kenya?
0: I think uh, the best place to look for this information would be, you know, the social media platforms where all the information on the upcoming events is posted. It's marketed all over. And uh, I think it'd be great if we can get some exposure on the days of the events you'll be you see uh when when you're present at the event and when you hear about the event is two different things so being able to be present at the event and get first-hand information on these races on the tarmac motorsports would be great uh, you do have a website as well don't you yeah we do have a website so all the updates are posted on the website as well and you can catch some information there
1: okay well, what's the
0: website uh it's uh called delta Awesome. Uh, keep up
1: the good work. Uh, thank you so much for speaking to us. And of course, uh, we'll keep in touch with you in regards to Tarmac Motorsport, uh, Umang Sony. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's the chairman of the Delta Motorsport Club, Umang Sony. We'll be back. All the four and
0: two wheeled action. Motorsport 411
1: welcome back now let's get the latest motorsports news from south africa and speak to colin hasty of race day tv colin the sa rally championship has been held
2: this year how's it gone so far sean has been very interesting you know we've had a number of new cars arrive chris kutzer and greg godrich have uh, built a new mazda 2 um that is really it is the most beautiful rally car i've ever seen truly uh, built in south africa truly Um, a world-class production. And then Guy Bottrell is running two Toyotas, one for himself and one for Madla Malikani. And then JJ Portgheda has got the Hyundai. um, And Thiernes Joubert has also got his Etios. So from a four-wheel drive point of view, things are growing really, really well. And uh, the next rally is Delmas Rally on the 7th and 8th of October. So I think that we're going to have by my calculation, we should have eight or nine four-wheel drive cars in the, the top class, which is uh, showing some really good growth. So we're pretty happy about that.
1: Yeah, there seems to be a new lease of life. And what's really impressive, uh, these cars being built in South Africa.
2: Yeah, absolutely. They, and there's a, a, a big push for, I think what the guys are calling an, an ARC, Africa Rally Championship kind of spec, which is essentially um, four-wheel drive, R4 um, kit car kind of, of spec um, with a two-liter turbo engine, but a, a running a, a group N spec. So it's re- it's a pretty much a standard motor, an, an unstressed motor. And the idea with that is to get somewhere up over 10,000 rally kilometers before rebuild on those things to try and manage the costs while still delivering, delivering reasonable power and torque. So um, the, 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 the Mazda and the Hyundai are still built to the old R4 kit car formula. And then tense Joubaix in the Toyota has got a two-liter motor in it. And then Guy and, and uh, Mundler have both got two-liter turbos in their Toyota. Then, of course, we've got uh, three uh, Subarus. Uh, also running and they they will end up running to that ALC spec as well. So, it's exciting times and, you know, the, you talk about a new lease of life, the National Rally Championship Committee have put in an incredible amount of work, A, to to source the funding to, to ha- hold all of the events and to try and work out a level playing field for all the cars so that you, it doesn't just become a, a, a dollar race and a, and a horsepower race, that there's um, some kind of equity between between the cars. And it seems to be working really well.
1: Now, the big issue would be homologation uh, for international standards. Uh, what's the latest uh, regarding those cars?
2: Okay, so there's a couple of, of different international standards. One is full FIA homologation for any WRC event, run anywhere else in the world other than Africa. So that is the, and it involves some really, really expensive stuff, um, foam in the doors, a different spec of seat, um, that sort of thing. So that's WRC spec. Then there's a specification that is for regional rallying. Now, within the FIA structure, Africa as a whole is a region. I mean, it's one of the largest continents. And I mean, the the Europeans don't actually understand how um, truly large Africa is. And within that region, each region can homologate a regional specification of the car. That is, it's still incredibly safe, but it's one down on running all the super expensive um, FIA. Homologated kit. So, for instance, where there would be um, the foam in the doors, which is costs a huge amount of, um, uh, it's a big cost. Built to the, the the absolute ultimate spec. This is a slightly lower specification, uh, uh, mainly being heavier, um, and it does the job. Seats likewise, but the 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 fuel tanks are, are and seat belts are still full WRC. And the roll cage of full WRC spec. So it's a slightly, it's a more economical safety spec that delivers uh, WRC levels of of safety, but at a heavier uh, mass and at a much lower cost. So it makes it gettable for the the, um, regional championship cars.
1: Colin, it was a bit of a blow uh, finding out that Rally SA was not part of the uh, Africa Rally Championship this year. Uh, we saw last year that a number of top drivers decided to skip the event uh, for a number of factors. Uh, first of all, the championship had been decided with uh, Flash Thunder winning the championship. And then also the logistical challenge of uh, transporting the cars uh, to South Africa. From your point of view, would you like to see the event back in the Africa Rally Championship?
2: Sean, absolutely, yes. And the whole South African rally community would really like it to be part of the championship. But in order to be inscribed in the um, ARC calendar, there are huge amounts of fees that are payable. And for one or two cars coming from the rest of the championship, um, it doesn't make economic sense from an organizational point of view. The standard of the rally still remains, and the route and the the that part of it is still up to ALC standards. It's the basically paying the ALC license that is a stumbling block when there's so few cars coming from uh, the rest of Africa. And we can understand th- uh, the the reasons you mentioned logistics, uh, both in terms of time and cost to bring these cars here. Is uh, it really is large and. I think we've got to find a way around that. I don't think the rally community here um, has all the answers yet, but certainly lots of questions are are being asked and we're looking to find ways to make it easier, both from a time and a cost point of view to get uh, the top cars here, because I think it would be an absolute fantastic showdown to have all our top cars, plus all the top cars running in the, the ALC Championship, be a brilliant rally.
1: Any talk uh, still about the World Rally Championship, the Safari Rally, of course, having a six-year contract with the World Rally Championship. Any
2: talk or the support is still there for Kenya? I think the um, South African Rally community has thrown its weight behind Kenya and said that, look, the Kenyans have gone out of their way to hold a a very very successful event let us all go and support it each year we have a large contingent of rallyists from here and rally fans who go up uh, and support so i think the the community here has realized that the place for the time being for for now for the foreseeable future for wrc in africa is in kenya and we're all fully behind it and and supportive of the kenya round of, of wrc
1: All right, Colin, let's talk about Formula One. And of course, uh, you've been the man to talk to about the inner workings of Kyle Lamy and, you know, all the negotiations with Formula One. Uh, What's the latest uh, regarding the return, uh, the possible return uh, back into the calendar?
2: Grand Prix will happen in South Africa, just not in 2023. There were a number of issues uh, around that. One of them was... The, the amount of funding that's required and government support is essential in any country, anywhere in the world to hold a Grand Prix. That was one issue. So the, to get all the, uh, the streams of funding from government sorted, that needed a little bit more time. Then there was the issue of getting onto the calendar and Spa. the noise around spa being dumped for South Africa. Uh, and combine that with the super tight timeline to hold a South African Grand Prix in April of 23, it was a virtual impossibility for that to happen, Uh, just from uh, the sheer scope of organizing the race, plus some of the the minor alterations that need to be done to the track. So the sensible option was to um, defer it to 24, uh, which gives a lot more time from to get the commercial side of it sorted, both in South Africa and the rest of the world, as well as to find a a, um, a date that works for everybody uh, on the the calendar. We also had the the promoter who was or the proposed promoter who was pushing for the 23 race, his contract has uh, come up for renewal. So there may be some changes in the promoter of the South African Grand Prix. So all in all, it was um, a sensible, wise decision to delay it for um, another year. But I'm very, very confident that it will be on the 2024 calendar.
1: Now, Colin, of course, South Africa, one of the major centres for international sport. Uh, We just saw the... World Rugby Sevens, uh, the World Cup uh, being held in Cape Town, uh, a number of international events uh, held every year. Uh, What's the commitment from the government? Uh, Are are they fully committed, uh, fully behind uh, this project uh, for Formula One to return back to South Africa?
2: (laughs) Sean, the only time one understands that a government is fully committed is when they stand up and um, make announcements. But from what we hear, there is an incredibly strong desire both from a provincial government and a national government to make this race happen. The government, both from a a tourism and trade and industry point of view, understands the immense importance both uh, within the country and as a mark, tool to showcase South Africa to the rest of the world. A, that uh, we've got the ge- um, ge- geography and the, the landscapes as a tourism destination, and B, that we've got the technical capability of uh, putting, putting on an event, and also to showcase some of the um, absolute brilliance in terms of race car manufacture and development in South Africa. You know, we've got Right next door to Kyle is um, Hall Speed, who are responsible for the design and development of the Dakar current Dakar champion car. So they've within the the field of Dakar, you probably have somewhere between thirty five and forty um, percent of the vehicles running in Dakar um, are built, designed, and, and manufactured in South Africa. So we've got world class skills in terms of. Um, building cars here, um, we've got an incredibly strong motorsport heritage here. So, you know, when, when government wants to showcase everything, they will announce it. Uh, and then we can say for certainty that they are fully behind it.
1: All right, uh, we're talking about uh, adjustments needed to make to the track. Uh, can you tell us, uh, Kyle Lamy of course, had extensive uh, renovations done to it. Uh, what needs to be done uh, for it to become a Category 1 uh, track, uh, you know, that can host Formula 1?
2: Um, it, it's currently a Category 2, <clears throat> which is uh, good for world sports cars and international um, GD3 racing. Um and recently, in the last 12 months, there's a massive move away from gravel traps to tar runoff areas. So, all the, the gravel traps um, around the, the, the corners would have to be changed to tar. That's one of the big things. There. And then um, a huge installation of the Tech Pro barriers. Uh, which is one of the largest cost elements uh, in in any track modification that that has to happen, and then there's minor um, minor changes in terms of some of the paddock layout, but essentially it's uh, tar runoff areas and tech pro barriers. Those are the two big things that have come out of, or that's what I understand, uh, are the two big things that have come out of all of the inspections and that FIA. Um, have and um, Liberty have done uh, at the track. I'm sure
1: there's a huge buzz around this. Uh, should Formula One return, uh, it would be Africa's Grand Prix. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of excitement, huh? Uh,
2: uh, you know, Sean. It's everybody got so excited when some some people jumped on the clickbait to try and uh, publicise that we were definitely having a Grand Prix, and then of course the you know those of us who kind of thought a little bit, said, hold on a bit, and the disappointment was was palpable, but then the excitement is absolutely huge. It will be a sellout. Uh, the place will be absolutely jam-packed and South Africa and more to the point, Johannesburg and Midrand will absolutely buzz to Formula One fever. Uh, and it'll be a long-term build-up. You know, the, the other point about moving the date from April to uh, to 23 to 24 is that it allows a lot more um, eventing and hospitality build up uh, to the event to get uh, just to make the the buzz even more and just to get the, the Formula One fever. The game, which will be it's going to be super exciting. Can't wait for it
1: now. Of course, uh, two wheels are really really big in South Africa, uh, particularly superbike racing. Uh, we remember the days when motor gp used to be held there. Um, should Formula One uh, return back to South Africa in 2024, uh, what are the chances of motor gp returning?
2: Sean, I in my own head and from listening to some of the players, I believe that. Along with Formula One, we will have a round of MotoGP and uh, a round of the World Endurance Car Championship. Uh, whether it's 24 or 25, I'm not entirely sure, but certainly those big three, Formula One, MotoGP, and World Endurance Championship wec will, I th- I'm convinced that they will return to Kyle Army shortly
1: fantastic uh so great to speak to you uh we do hope to see you next year for the safari rally uh you know it was absolutely brilliant this year Uh, we do hope to see you in 2023 at the safari rally
2: sean it's in my diary i'm going to be there i really really need to see these cars up close and experience kenyan hospitality and and the the way you guys put on a, a WC event, um, I'm coming
1: in. Fantastic, Colin! Uh, thank you so much for speaking to us on Motorsport
2: Four One One. It's been an absolute privilege. Um, I really enjoy sharing news from the southern tip of, of Africa, and thank you very much for for chatting with us.
1: That's Colin Hasty of Race Day TV. We'll be back. Motorsports Four One One with Sean Cardavillis. So that's it for the show this week. Thanks once again to Umang Sony, the club chairman of Delta Motorsports, and also Colin Hasty of Race Day TV. Don't forget to catch Race Day TV on both Facebook and YouTube. This show is recorded at Big City Studio. I'm Sean Cartavillas. See you next week.